Hello and welcome to another episode of The Archers. I am one half of your co-hosts. My name is Katie. Hello everyone. I'm the other half of your co-host. My name is Madison and today we have actually I'm a third of your co-host today. My name is Madison. Ooh. Okay, we so have... we're officially Okay, so we're we're opening up, but we don't have a guest. We have a third co-host. We're having um b- different fractions now. You know how we do game okay. math here. This is like another level. We're going into intermediate grade 2, grade 3, I think. Fractions. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have um our third co-host today, Ember mm. from TikTok who does beautiful trans and gala readings of Taylor Swift lyrics. Um, one of my first friends on TikTok in the Gaylor community um, truly has been with the Archers since like the month that we launched. I was working on another project with Ember, so it's very exciting to have her here today. Hi, Ember. I'm, I'm very excited to be part of your, your gay fractions today. Welcome, welcome to the mathnasium. I didn't know there'd be so much math involved in, in being on the podcast. Neither did we. Yeah, but every episode Naturally. comes up. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it, it is interesting it. because Lewis Carroll was a mathematician, and there's so much math in Alice in Wonderland. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's almost as if we. It is Gaylor. It was actually intentional. It was having okay. to do with Lewis Carroll this whole time. Queer people obsessed with numbers. Like, yeah. that's definitely not Swifty related at all. Like... <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. You gotta know math to be a Swifty. Her use yeah. of numbers is out of control. <laughs> I mean, I know a Swifty that's really good with numbers and coding. Taylor. <laughs> Taylor, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, more fractions, though. Today? More fractions. <laughs> I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited. We are so excited to have you here. It's mm. truly an honor. It feels so full circle. Like I said, it's like karma in its most glorious way coming full circle. Um, and Katie, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, you know, I had a flotation therapy today. Um, it has been a lifelong dream. And I did, I was submerged in a, in 1,200 pounds of Epsom salts for 60 minutes. And um, I think that I'm just a very, like, chill as a result that's good i mean i can't imagine i'm sure after i was floating in that much salt i would something would change doing floating it changes your life it changes your life have you done it floater oh i've done it uh it was a little bit cheaper when i lived in vietnam um but i did it Mm. and like there was one time that like I like then walked and like got coffee afterwards and like then once I had like the caffeine, it was Ooh. I was a I was a mess that afternoon because like whoa, like I'm so oh, relaxed yeah. and caffeinated at the same caffeinated. time. 
Yeah. Yeah. They oh, tell, that would there's make a me sign. crazy. Exactly. There's a sign in the little room that says, refrain from caffeine for the next 24 hours. It's like oh they God. knew. They heard your story. <laughs> they, did. They, did. they heard me all, all the yeah. way from Hanoi at the time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Holy um, shit. I had no idea. I never even considered yeah. that. Like, but no, like, no, I, I, I achieved a different level of consciousness. Like, it was, it was something doing floating. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm doing good. I mean, my hair is a little crunchy because there's so much salt in it. <laughs> and they like provided shampoo, but you know, I'm a little like bitty, like little girl that doesn't like, um, generic shampoo so i'm like <laughs> i'll use my fancy shampoo when i get home uh, but i really you know that's for later katie to figure out so. <laughs> you know. i'm so glad you got to do that though like thanks i feel like you probably just like ascended and you're still kind of floating back down right now yes or something i really don't know it was an odd it was odd so yeah <laughs> But yeah, it, it's great to have a third person joining us today um, because I'm feeling really low key. So it's like, let's go. The more the merrier. <laughs> right. The tricycle has been built. Ooh. The triangle. The three step ladder. Oh. Oh my Ooh. God, Ember. Beautiful. Yes, transition. the step ladder. Oh, oh my god um well speaking of step ladders thank you ember yeah. thank we you. have a really marvelous hairpin drop today courtesy of nell thank you Nell. we love you yes nell is able to be found at chaco femme and we will link their uh twitter and this post in our mm -hmm. description and i have to say madison this is a hairpin drop that has me excited more than any I can think of in recent memory. Like this is the kind of connection that gives me like full body goosebumps, like chills down my spine. My heart is uh, like thump, thump, thumping. I'm really so happy about this. <laughs> me too. It feels like <laughs> the first time I found out about like hairpin drop. And yeah. Like it, yeah, that's so it. True. Just feels that big, like it feels as big as hairpin drop. That's tr that's really good. Yeah, uh, I am obsessed. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, Taylor Swift just started her Stadium Eras tour. In case you were not aware, um, on March news 17th. to me, news to me. Yeah, did you hear? Um, no. apparently they renamed Glendale, Arizona, Swift City. Ha ha ha. Did Swift you hear City, about it? Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> and have you have you heard that? Arizona. Arizona. Yes. Yeah. I think Taylor oh. saw it on a TikTok and then was like, I'm running with that now for for like nice. my couple of nights here. You know, she's mm -hmm. gotta she's gotta lift her jokes from somewhere, whether it's listening to the archers or um <laughs> Thank you, Ember. <laughs> Thank you so I much. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I really do. Um but, so on this tour, what song is it during? It's during Lavender Haze, where she, right before Lavender Haze is when she jumps into the stage, right? Mm -hmm. She dives in like a little fishy and she swims up the 
um, runway and then she climbs up a ladder into a cloud very similar to the end of the Lavender Haze music video visual um, you know I thought it was a very specific visual but then I thought it was even more specific and weird when the dancers started rolling out their own giant clouds oh, yes. with ladders yes I was like, what is that? Like, it seemed so purposeful and I couldn't figure yes. out in the moment just because there was so much going on. Of course, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, but of course it was a signal to something because it's so specific and she knows people are going to look at it and be like, hmm. she has like seven ladders and clouds on stage. Like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because the image of the ladder into the clouds is very prevalent or not very prevalent, but it is a part of the Lavender Hayes music video. But like the, it doesn't, it just doesn't come across like a ladder into a cloud the way that it does on stage because it seems more like because it's so much more um immersive in the music video mm -hmm. like i think of it far more as a ladder up to the sky like a ladder escaping like into the universe into that like you know beautiful dreamy like koi pond in the sky um whereas on stage it really like switches the imagery from something dreamlike to something almost out of like a play set like a set of a play a set of um that would be on a drama stage because it's like a very first of all ladders are so like hardware like construction and to see a ladder on a stage already like kind of jolts you into reality like personally when I see a ladder on a stage I like I'm immediately thinking of set design and like the construction like bop of to the something. top in high school musical yeah. I think of Bob to the top from high and school it, and that's just an audition, right? Because the ladder's exactly. just back there, and then they so end up raw. using it as a prop. Yeah, yes, because yes. she's camp and Sharpay's iconic. Yeah, iconic. It's true. Um, but yeah, it's like ladders are very raw, and then the clouds are suspended in a way that I don't know if you've ever seen like this specific image that really is evoking like like drama like plays and like kind of that sec decorating that I'm talking about but it's like a cloud where stars and a moon are like hanging from strings that's also in high school musical during breaking free oh my god madison um I just need to take a moment and really thank you again for your encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> the most crucial pop culture in this world. I'm so happy that we can point to High School Musical. <laughs> I'm just giving like a, a visual for my for myself and others. I'm so fucking grateful. I'm living for this so much. Um, and it makes me think, okay, maybe she's with Zac Efron again. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it makes me think you read my mind <laughs> yeah yeah 
Um, so anyhow, like this this ladder at the top of the cloud, it's like no longer is the image a ladder into the sky, an escape into the sky, an escape into another world. Now it is like an illustration of a ladder into a cloud, which is insane because as Nell unearthed, as Nell brought to all of our attention, the premiere issue of the Daughters of Belitis um, literary, like queer literary magazine, The Ladder, the very first issue is women in line for a ladder up to the clouds and um, up to a cloud and it's an illust- it's like a sh- it's a line drawing illustration and it is fucking ripped from the eras tour the eras tour visual are ripped from the daughters of belitis ladder magazine cover and it has me like as i said like heart palpitations i'm giddy I can't wait to actually look through this, like, issue, too, because, I mean, there's a Queen of Hearts card visual in here. There's a lot of very interesting things. So I feel like this will go even deeper than just the imagery, but you're right. It took it from being, like, just the set of the Lavender Haze music video to, Mm -hmm. like one symbol in the tour you know that was like kind of being put in our faces like look at this yeah we need to find we need to find the queer archivist that's in new york city that is clearly like supplying taylor with all of these like magazines because like where else is she finding them besides like that she's got a connection somewhere so true who is taylor's queer archivist because the rebecca harkness book and like all Mm -hmm. of the harkness stuff is so on lockdown like yeah she's got connections who is it come forth i really wonder if she has gone to the like the herstory archive um, like if she's actually been there or if she has a little like secret agent go there or if she just you know like reads a lot on the internet I know she I'm like, tree. She, yeah, tree is the yeah. queer archivist do we have eyes on a redhead entering the history <laughs> <Herstory> museum <laughs> so true though <sighs> Um, um, yeah, and so I had heard of the Daughters of Belitis in my, like, queer studies when I was an undergrad, um, and I really knew them as, like, being kind of not radical, like, they were almost kind of, like, you know, uh, uh I think they were going by, what is it, like, homo, um, like homosexual like lesbian wasn't even like terms that they were like homophile like homophile was like kind of the the movement name um and so in the context of learning about them in queer studies i did really see them as like more assimilationist 
than um, kind of like radical queer, like, for example, the Lavender Menace, which would emerge, you know, two decades later. Um, So to see them being evoked now through this reference is so interesting because, you know, 10 years later after I first heard of them, I am in such a different place where I just find it like really fascinating the kind of like to be like a moderate queer person in the 50s as opposed to a radical queer person in the 50s says to me that they still had to be somewhat relatively radical for the time because like to be a lesbian in any sort of like open way you are still really taking your life into your hands um and what really got me about this now is that specifically they started this literary magazine the latter so that if anyone like any police or um outside organization at like asked what it was they could say it was a literary magazine and like a literary club the daughters of belitis was a literary club which is like ripped from the headlines of my own life i feel like that's radical in its own way yes to to be that sly about it and and quiet about it yeah exactly and also it's just like I keep thinking about how even though we're working with like a 100% like LGBTQ like conference center for Gaylor Fest Mm -hmm. and for Camp Gaylor, like even though like we have no real like worries of being accepted, like I still frame this as like a media discussion group to people because it's like, I don't even want to get into it. Like I tell people the Archers is like... A pop culture. An astrology and pop culture I, Depending podcast. on who I'm talking to, this yeah! podcast is like 12 different things. <laughs> exactly right. To the point where I was like, oh, that's us. Like, that's <laughs> us. We're pretending we're a literary podcast. <laughs> that's so true. That really is. No. Oh, God. Now, I feel like now that I am the annoyed trans elder that I once was like annoyed by when I was younger. Like, I feel like I have a new appreciation for like the, <laughs> those that came before. Like it's easy for us to like, to, you know, judge in retrospect, um, like, Oh, they were definitely assimilationists when they were doing this stuff. Like that was really, that was radical at the time mm-hmm. um, of sneaking out this magazine that like could get them arrested. Like. Yeah, totally. And and I mean, I think that that's like a natural good progression of identity is like the older you get, the more you're kind of like, okay, like I am open to people with like, to people in my community with my values. I am open to different expressions of like uh, their being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Elders are important to listen to. Mm-hmm. no community can exist without elders like telling us how things used to be and the young radical people that are always pushing us like far 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 like it's truly like a queer community need to have both mm-hmm. queer yeah. community is like one of the only communities where i've experienced both 
kind of that mutual respect, but like respect in different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like also a great example of community care in general, but the way that like people treat youth in society outside of queerness, like the way that they Mm -hmm. don't see youth as people and like children don't have rights and teens don't have rights and like that whole aspect of society too like queer community centers youth as like just as important on a human level it's so true it's really so true yeah it's amazing how youth-centered queer community spaces are um and like how queer elders like uh like have gen like decades of unabashedly showing up for for the youngest people in our community because young queer kids deserve to grow up and be queer adults and they don't know that unless they are shown that by example that's the thing that's the thing and i feel like you know like for like ember are you you are a millennial right i am an ancient uh 34 turning 35 this year okay so yeah millennial um okay perfect not that ancient please don't say that because i'm Um, 31 um, elder millennial (laughs) uh you know um i i genuinely think that you're not even an elder millennial i feel like we're in the middle of millennials fair it feels like it though Um, yeah that's for sure yeah anyone over the age of 26 i feels like feels like ancient um in this youth centric world we live in um but yeah, so like I feel like for us as queer people, like as queer millennials, like we really really like do not have the like queer elders especially growing up. We didn't because of the AIDS epidemic. And it's like amazing that like the more time passes, um like we are gaining more and more elders. Um and yeah i'm like i really have high hopes for like intergenerational queer community going towards the future as like the capitalist system is crumbling around us no for real like because the thing is is like i i started coming coming out in 2008 so it's like 20 at the time so like 14 years since i first like started coming out to people and like you know, like the thing was, is like once upon a time, I was, you know, the hip, young, radical, like pushing the, the boundaries when I went on and did my talks. And now like half the time, I feel like I'm like playing catch up on like what the latest is and what the trans community is talking about. Like at least I'm hip oh, enough no. to like know egg in like, you know, some of like the, the you know, the cat ears, like I'm, I'm hip enough, like I stay aware, but like it was a different world, like coming out in 2008, like it was just yeah. it was a whole different world. Um, and it's, yeah. but I, I love that I get to see because there was so like, you know, I would look up like a page of like successful transsexuals because that's like what I would have searched in like mm. on Ask Jeeves in middle school. Um, and like it was like there was a list of maybe like 20 people. And now you can like get online and find all sorts of people who have been at various stages of their transitions and coming out for so long. And it's, it's really beautiful having that now and knowing that younger people 
can have their journeys in their teenage years and look up to someone like me, like that means the world to me. Like hmm. that, that representation yeah. matters. Yeah. That's the important representation, not even mm-hmm. like transness on a movie screen or a TV mm-hmm. screen or like elsewhere. Like it's important to see in your communities, like in, yeah. in life, like just the average people you're meeting. Like the, yeah, exactly. No idealized version of anything, <laughs> like just in life. I am definitely not idealized. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think all trans people are idealized to me because they're like gods. Like I think that <laughs> fair, fair. Like non-binary people that don't go, it's just it's a different frequency, queerness and I, I, whatever. You all know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, I agree. I feel like the like representation on the screen right now still is not at a place where like 95% of queer people feel like we're being represented in any capacity like even to the point where I like we hear all the time like how gender non-conforming lesbians and like butch lesbians and Matt like really any sort of dedicated like masculine gender identity lesbians are not anywhere to be found in in tv and and movies and it's like that is so true but also it's like as a femme lesbian there's also no real femme lesbian stuff it's all just like straight girls that are together (laughs) it's like there's no lesbian identity actually being like it like beautiful in mainstream television and yeah same with like trans people it's like I feel like the trans representation on tv is like and movies is not as anywhere near like as beautiful and gorgeous and like prevalent as like just on tiktok like being able to see actual real life trans people in all their complexities on tiktok real life and, trans uh, thirst traps you know like yeah exactly on and without like the cis gaze over it um yeah, yeah. and so i agree madison like the best kind of representation we need is really in our communities um because it's like TV and movies aren't going to catch up forever and they might never catch up because a magic thing about queerness is that it's so anti like beauty standard and like the kind of like hyper um, perfectionism that Hollywood like really expects out of it. And it's like the vast majority of us as queer people are never going to fit something that is palatable um, to folks. So we really have to like be creating this art uh ourselves right well yeah. I, like you with you talking about movies it had me um thinking about um because recently like people have said like what's a favorite movie you've watched recently and i haven't watched a ton of movies recently uh but uh i really enjoyed the craft legacy which by standards of being a good movie like maybe not not like quality grade a f- filmmaking but there was a trans woman character who literally just existed in the movie. Like it wasn't about like how she was doing her makeup. It wasn't about how she was. It was just, it was mind blowing to just have a character just exist. And that the entire story of her character wasn't 
is she going to be able to like come to terms with herself and struggle? And it was just, no, she was a trans woman hanging out with cis women, feeling at place with like paganism, uh, whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I loved it because I was like mediocre movie, but I will take a trans woman, like literally just being able to exist. That's so important. That makes me actually want to watch I... it. Yeah, like I said, yeah, I can't I can't recommend it at by like a movie standard. Yeah. But oh sure, sure. I don't yeah. care about that. We, it, <laughs> we, we can call it camp and then it's fine. Exactly, um, exactly. Um I mean since we're talking about transmedia, Ember, I think mm. we should get into a little bit how you've put roots down in the Swifty community, in the Gaylor community, in the TikTok community. Mm. Like, what made you want to make TikToks? And what were your thoughts in putting TikToks out about, like, trans readings for Taylor Swift, knowing that her fans historically are not the nicest to queer people or anyone that's not... Okay, Madison. I don't I don't want to cut Madison off because I think that everything that they just said is very important and I want to hear. Yeah. But I feel like I like just to have our listeners like get to know you, anyone that doesn't know you, like I would love to hear your relationship with Taylor Swift. Yes. Like that I, I think that that would add like a lot of good context for me. Like, how long have you been a fan? what has the has, like what have ups and downs looked like etc yeah right. chronologically thank you katie let's start from yeah. the beginning yeah let's start yeah. from the beginning okay yeah you know i'm just waiting for for taylor to need like a new trans best friend and then like i'm here i'm in new york city taylor if you're listening um you know i know you love the archers taylor so you know just put myself out there that we can be best friends and i i will sign an nda <laughs> and everything <laughs> We can we can all hang out, Taylor. Yeah. It's it's yeah. fine. We'll yeah. just we'll, we'll call her up. Yeah, we'll just call her up. I walked by UMG on my commute into into work. Like I, ooh, you know, okay. I'm, I'm there, Taylor. Um, there you which, go in the neighborhood. Side note: There's a giant like Midnight's billboard next to it, like on a on like one of the newsstands. Maybe not giant, but it's a decent sized one. It covers the whole newsstand, and I'm torn whether UMG put it there to like brag. Or whether she put it there to remind them and like put them into their place. Like you remember who's paying your bills for this building. Like wow. <laughs> because That's the, funny. there is no yeah. like actual news in the newsstand. It's just like the ads. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, did she put this here? Was it tree? Did tree come up with this one? Um no, That's so funny. Um, but yeah, so future a future Taylor Swift's um, you know, I'm I am. I work at a church. I'm on my possible way to like becoming a Unitarian Universalist minister someday. So, like Taylor, if you need someone for like future gay wedding, you know we can talk. <laughs> but um, no. So I first uh, became a fan of Taylor when I was deeply, deeply, deeply in the closet. Still, um, you know, I say that I started coming out in 2008, but like I was at a Bible college with full plans to like become, when I started there, it was like full plans to become like a minister in like a fairly conservative denomination. And like, I knew that I was trans and like, I had figured that out in like middle school. Um, and like, but it was like, nope, I will deal with that when I'm like 60, like once I retire, then I can like come out. 
Um, Cause like that was what I mostly saw with like trans elders where they were like people that transitioned after like suffering their entire lives. Uh, so I was like, well, that's what I'll do. Um, but 2007, I think I was probably like home for spring break or maybe like home for the summer. Um, and I was at my parents' house and just laying down on the couch and VH1 and MTV, like I was, I, was, I enjoyed it enough. Like there was still some music on there, but in between those was CMT or like whatever the country music channel was called at the time. And so I would like flip through and like, I stopped. I would, I, I didn't ever want to admit that like I liked any country music at all. Like there was a few songs that like would catch my ear and I would like stop, you know, if I saw um, Landslide by the Dixie Chicks like playing on there before they got like cut off for like criticizing Bush. Um, but like I saw that and like I would stop. So I'd like made it a habit to like see what was on the country music channel. But like as long as no one else was home to like observe that I was like watching any country music. And so I stopped and saw the video for Teardrops on my guitar and like watched it and then proceeded to like catch it a few more times like during the time that I was home. Um, it's actually like a Mandela effect moment for me because I swear that it was in 2006, like when I was still in high school, but like the music video came out in 2007. So like maybe this was like a parallel universe where I was still in high school, but it must've been that I was back from college. Um, and so something like, like I could identify that like it wasn't attraction, like that I was like obsessed with it. But like, there was something that like, so deeply in me that I was like, I want to like be cool like her, like imagine like being that, like imagine being a that person. And like, I don't know, like little trans closeted me was like, just trying to like figure out what was going on. But I like was like, the song is really good. Like she's gorgeous and like cool and like the, the same age as me and yet like a pop star, like, and um, so I, I like developed like a slight interest. I didn't like follow a ton. Um, so that was like 2007. And um, my own like coming out journey was kind of all over the place. And um, I started like coming out to friends, but I was still like in Bible school. And like, so there wasn't any transition steps um, until um, 2014, um, uh, which was um, right as the, um, the red arrow was coming to an end. And like, I, I worked at a, I worked at Lowe's and like overhead um, was always like I knew you were trouble and 22 and like I would sing them with one of my coworkers who like knew that I was trans um, and like I I really was like appreciating Taylor again and I'm like oh yeah remember like way back at Teardrops and like how much you liked that video um, like look how far she's come and then 1989 happened. Um, and 1989 was like the anthem of my coming out. Like my earliest steps to any level of like voice feminization was like singing along to, to 1989 in my car. That took me from like the the bass um, that like I had forced myself to be in when I was really a lot younger. Um, and like that album changed my life. Like I, I had a Tumblr going for like other things, um, but like I tried like, I tried like getting Taylor's attention on Tumblr being like to like tagging her being like, well, and like I, I did like go back and find the post and like I actually saved them for like screenshotting for on TikTok. Um, but like I, I had one post that said like, you know, today I went into work for like the first time as me. And you know what I listened to in the car the whole way? It was Taylor Swift. Um, and so like 
her music like was such a critical part of like my like self-acceptance and like feeling like I don't like I don't know that I can even explain why but it, like it got so tied up and then like now like even more so as I've like have like embraced being on Swift Talk and being like very well known like preaching a sermon at my church about like my love for Taylor Swift um and <laughs> like I I um yeah you know I like like it has now become like directly proportional that like my ability to like loudly proclaim that I love Taylor Swift like is directly proportional to like how much I'm able to like loudly love myself and like accept myself like um you know and I think like the thing was is like when I was like five years old I was obsessed with Miss Doubtfire but I would not watch it because I figured if if people saw me watching it over and over again, they'd figure out that I was trans because they'd be like, why are you so interested in this movie where a man dresses as a woman in um, like a realistic way? Like, um, So if I was so repressed that I couldn't watch Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> like I could not tell people that like I liked this Teardrops on My Guitar song, like besides the fact that my friends all hated country music too, like to be like, I think this like, singer is really awesome would have been like so so my ability to accept myself has for my good or not like become directly tied in like my ability to like loudly love taylor swift um like that is me like embracing like things that are coded as stereotypically feminine in our society and that that's okay for me um oh yeah i don't know i don't know if i ever like said pronouns she and her pronouns you know by the way um for those who may not know me from tiktok um, but so I started TikTok um, when I was living abroad in Asia during the start of the pandemic. And like, there was a whole rumor that like, they were going to shut it down. And I was like, well, if Trump hates it, like, I, I got to figure out like, why? Like, I got to see what's so good about this then. Um, and same goes for you, Joe Biden. Um, if you're listening, I know Joe Biden's a big gayler. Um, and um, so I, I, um, I started for that reason. And I, I feel like if I scroll way back, like my earliest posts are probably just like me being depressed on social media because like it was the one where I didn't know anybody on. So I could just like be openly depressed um, <laughs> without it, like getting back to my family that I was depressed. Um, and, um, you know, I can only do so much vague lyric posting on Facebook before like people start being like, what's going on in your life? Um, and um, so I, um, I started on there for that. And like, originally I was really into like, like witch talk came up a little bit and like that started me on my own like journey towards paganism. Um, and um, then I was on Dramini talk um, for a while, like Draco X Hermione fan fiction. I'm actually like still in process of like writing a, it's like 70,000 words right now um, with more to come of like a trans Draco and Hermione fanfic. Um, Holy shit. Good for you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, good. You know what? Good for you. Reclaim it. You. Yeah, that's with, right. With Dom pegging Hermione, you know, we we have the important things. Can we get a copy of this shipped to Stephanie Meyer's front door? I mean, J.K. Rowling. Stephanie Meyer. Oh yeah. No. Sorry. Oh my her god. Too. I'm sorry. Her too. No. Her too. Yeah, like, they both let's suck. Stephanie Myers, oh, actually. She would probably want it, too. Because okay. we were talking about Twilight yesterday <laughs> on our live stream. <laughs> no, I, I, I no, got I them think... mixed up. They're both weird. It, and Hermione is my chosen middle name. 
um, which was done in 2015 before shit hit the fan with J.K. Rowling being the worst person in the world. Um, yeah. Or b before trans people started raising the alarm about J.K. Rowling being the worst person in the world. Right. Everyone thinks it started in like 2020, but like, you know, 2016, we were like, hey guys, um, maybe also bad. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah. So I, and uh, of course, Jewish people have also been right. ringing the alarm for a really oh, long yeah. time. Yeah. That long time. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, so yeah, so I'd unfortunately chosen Hermione as a middle name. Um, luckily now, like as I move towards maybe more of like a like a Hellenic pagan type of person, like now I can be like, hey, Hermione, because like Greek mythology. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no. So I I was on Hermione talk, and then finally, like Taylor Swift got on TikTok, and I was like, shit, it's over. Like, damn. Like, yeah, the parasocial I'm, I'm, sp I'm spiraling one. back. Like I, <laughs> well, and so the interesting thing, and like, I like I, I I'm prepared to be executed. Um, so when we were in Vietnam, everything went really well with the pandemic because they handled it really well. Like they they locked down things and they like tracked things and they were taking care of people and medicine was free and like it it wasn't the United States. Um, and um, so the I came to like my new job that I started then back in New York City, um, like positive and like, uh, I was not prepared for like how shitty everybody felt after like four months of the American pandemic response. So like folklore did not resonate at first because that is a very, like you have to understand like COVID in the United States to like really vibe with it. At least that's what it was to me. Like, it was like, I don't know, what is this? like. This isn't 1989 that I loved, and this isn't um, like I'd kind of like it wasn't that I fell off like for a reputation or anything. It was just that I just didn't know it too well, and like I was having kids, and they, life was complicated. And I heard "Lover" a bunch when I was in in Vietnam, but then um, like I, I wasn't gonna like try and be part of the fandom. So folklore, I was really unsure of before. And then as like the as the pandemic got to me in the U.S., then I was like, oh. I get why this album is so like depressive. Like, and then I found Gaylers and then it made even more sense. Um, but so then I, yeah, so I, I stumbled upon Swift talk then and we connected like really early on. Um, and like, I think I still get likes on like one of your videos, like one of my comments that you liked on one of your like super early videos, probably about like Ivy or something like that, where I said like, oh, wow. yay, queer Swifties or something like that. And I think that was like when we became friends and yeah. I, st I still get notifications for that, like all these, like a year and a half later. Um, and yeah, so I, I fell into the world of Swift talk and like found Gaylers. And the thing was, is that prior, prior to being a Gaylor, like Taylor was like part of my like am I maybe straight like exploration um because like I really resonate with this music and um and then and then I saw the Miss Americana documentary and she said gay pride makes me me I said wait what the fuck happened with Taylor Swift while I was in another country like did she come out and then it spiraled like that was it like that did me in um so um that is that's how I ended up on Swift Talk and on Gaylor Talk, and then, um, and then Red Taylor's version was coming out, and I was desperately trying to get noticed because um, I have validation issues, and Taylor hates me for some reason, and still has not liked any of my videos. Um, but <laughs> um, absolutely not, Taylor Swift did, and then that turned out to be a fraud. Um, but 
um, the, yeah, so I, I like fell back into it and had a, a talk at my job at a UU church in New York City where we did an online live stream talking about like the deeper meanings of Taylor Swift and Madison came on and talked about like, oh, we're launching a podcast called The Archers soon. Um, and... That was such a crazy experience because it was like, like people who didn't even really listen to taylor swift or care what was going on were attending and listening and watching from your church and it was just like they were mind blown and they were fully into it too a lot of them by the end of it were like wow like i can't wait to listen to red taylor's version (laughs) like they were really into it it was mind-blowing and it reminded me that um gayler talk and like gayler things aren't as crazy when you're face to face to people and talking about it as they are online like people don't react in the same way at all when i've talked about it to people in person it's always like oh really i never thought about it and then i tell them things and they're like every every queer person that i talk to like when i start like like they're like oh taylor swift's super straight and like i start unpacking just like a few of like the items and i'm like what straight person would say gay pride makes me me and then they're like, okay, fine. That's literally all it takes. Yeah, they're like, oh, I didn't know she said that. Okay. So honestly, that was a big boost in my confidence for even doing the archers too. Not that I need validation from people who aren't gailers, but just like in general, I was like, what we're saying isn't crazy. I'm not literally schizophrenic. It's that's, good that's, to know. That's one of the things I like about my job is like it gives me a chance to like highlight voices that maybe wouldn't get a chance to like speak somewhere else and to like be like hey this is a something that people could hear um and i get free reign to do it and it's kind of beautiful um yeah we had a really good time and that was like ember said right when we started the archers so now we're back and i mean things are gayer than they've ever been (laughs) and there's more gaylers on tiktok than there's ever been ever been yeah Okay, let's see. I want to go back to I'm going to I'm going to there were a few things that I wanted to ask questions about. The first thing is, you know, hearing your perspective on folklore not hitting, like not resonating as much because you had a relatively like safe and comfortable pandemic in Vietnam. That, like, to me, I'm like, okay, because there's so many Swifties, um, you know, so many, like, straight girl Swifties that also were like, what the fuck is folklore? Like, I hate this. Um, And I feel like in the South, in the U.S., a lot of people also did not experience the pandemic at all like they experienced it because like people around them were dying but like you know it's very easy i think for um relatively self-absorbed people to just block that out and like for all the states where nothing was really shut down for more than a couple days um and like where people are still going out partying like even like the kind of like gay men who loved taylor um and you know we're still going to circuit parties throughout the pandemic um also it's like folklore didn't resonate at all and 
I had always kind of thought it was because folklore was gay. And that's why people didn't resonate. But now I'm like, oh, maybe you truly had to experience the intense isolation, depression, and pain of going through a global pandemic in the United States. Um, that that makes it resonate so much. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, well, and like, uh, yeah, well, and I actually deleted it from Facebook because I don't need it to be held against me by future uh, Swifties. But like, it popped up in my Facebook memories, like that I literally posted on on Facebook. Like, I don't know, I'm just not really vibing with folklore. It feels like really generic folk music. Um, sorry, Taylor. <laughs> um, I love it now. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I don't know what it. I'm trying to think about like when it first did start to connect because it was like it was like months later of like once I was here in the U.S. and like dealing with all of the like huge emotions of being here and like having friends die of COVID and um, like it was just yeah and like like I don't know that like Epiphany is like my favorite song but it was like one of the ones that like first started like resonating as I like so the thing was like once Taylor then got like on TikTok and then I was dragged into Swift Talk I was like okay like it's time to like it back into full stand mode and like, I need to give this another chance. And um, then it like, and so like epiphany, like really vibe with like the whole like COVID vibes that was like, you know, like things are shit and everybody's dying. <laughs> um, but then like, yeah, so it, it makes sense to me. Like that, that like, I don't think, you know, I think it's also that it's a very queer album. Um, and I think that it's also just, it was such a radical departure from what anybody was expecting from her. Like, but like, I think also like the pandemic, even apart from like the isolation and like the, the mood and everything is that like some people didn't change at all during the pandemic, like didn't take it as any chance for self-reflection. And it's very obvious that Taylor Swift did um, besides the fact that she is hashtag mask queen. Um, like she got the family wearing masks in the VIP tent at the tour. Um, we stand. Um, and like, you know, I like she she very obviously took the time to like self-reflect during the pandemic, which is not something that everybody did. Um, you know, the last three years have been hugely life changing in my self-reflection. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people didn't want that. They didn't want normal to be challenged. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so true what she says about it being a pandemic album. Like, I feel like I took that kind of as face value of like, oh, well, yeah, she put it out during the pandemic and it has sad songs on it and epiphanies on it. So, yeah, it's a pandemic album. Um, but and like they made it from afar and all of that. But I mean, now with this perspective, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, shit, it really is a pandemic album aside from all of that. Just the fact that that pain and self-reflection like was a theme of the pandemic and I mm -hmm. thought that was just by default for everyone but like Ember said not everyone <laughs> used the pandemic for that like and like you were saying Katie it's almost as if they didn't go through a pandemic because yeah. their normalcy stayed the way that it was it reminds yeah. me of Midnight Rain honestly like the way that we're all talking about mm -hmm. it right now is just very much the thesis of Midnight Rain of like we all changed like midnight and some people stayed the same like some people mm -hmm. didn't use that dark <gasps> oh. night for like a chance to transform they used it to 
stayed the same and wake up the next day like nothing happened oh my god i love that medicine yeah like, yeah it was I, a dark I, night for everyone unless it wasn't and you were chilling i know i know it is so it is so wild to like living in vermont now it's like vermont still like almost everywhere we go people are still masking like it's vermont like has always it, it like feels like a different world you know like when we go to new hampshire massachusetts it's just very 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 different and um I, I don't know it's just i can't like i have a really hard time relating to people that aren't still in pandemic mindset still like especially now with like like health stuff going on where like i really i can't go outside like uh, unless like i know that people are going to be masked because i'm like more immunocompromised than i previously was and it's it's like really wild that to realize to look around and be like oh shit a lot of people weren't doing deep introspective work a lot of people this wasn't like a time for shadow work and deep reflection and yeah and I, I just I feel so I feel so bad for them in a lot of ways because like things are fucking dark like things are dark right now and like we really like need to be like reflecting so that we can like move our world forward it's definitely a level of like cognitive dissonance that they have, mm -hmm. it, which is why mm -hmm. it's sad because it's like you're not really living in a reality that like materially makes sense to what's going on around you. And yeah, I don't know. Just being cognitive of like people's suffering is not as painful as it is. It's not like a bad thing and it's very human. No, exactly. And necessary. And you know, I think that I'm thinking about what she said on the tour about how, you know, as you said, Madison, like she frames it as a pandemic album, folklore. And on the tour, she ex she explicitly said, like, you know, a lot of people did different things during the pandemic. Um, for me, I just wanted to escape. Like, I just went into an escape world. And, you know, that's where we got the lakes and, like, you know, this supposedly fictional love triangle. And, you know, going back to the Harknesses and, like, she really did kind of, like, time travel and world dimension travel in folklore. And it's, like, that in of itself, I feel like, is such a powerful form of reflection like world building in general and like imaginative generative fiction creating you know like it is so 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 important and yeah it's just kind of weird to talk about this now and really think about why I felt so called to Taylor's more recent work after 
because Ember, you probably don't know this, um, or you probably, I actually have no idea how much you know about me and, and or not. Um, but I like had a really tortured relationship with Taylor for the vast majority of my life and knowing about her. And it really like, I went from truly like being so mad at her for being straight and not even understanding how gay she sounded to um like when folklore i know i know it sounds fucking insane when i say it now but um to the night folklore was announced literally um i don't know like having like blacking out and being like i need to buy this album on vinyl and yeah and then like everything else is history as they say so it's been like three years of me loving taylor after hating her for so long and um i'm kind of like reflecting on this it's like i think all the time about pandemic brain and like how crazy i went during the pandemic and how like i developed interests um and became like a, essentially a different person through the pandemic um and i feel like taylor's world building and like taylor's thought processes and how she processes things wormed their way into my little brain and i don't i don't really like i don't know i feel like it takes talking to someone new to really understand that i know i had no idea that we were going to get into this talk about like how the pandemic transformed all of us and also our relationships with taylor and I feel like we attribute that a lot to like the queerness in her music, but oddly enough with three queer people sitting here, we're talking about not that because truly I think existing as a queer person during the pandemic was its own experience in and of itself, because who were the people that were at least trying to take care of each other's communities in mutual aid with each other as per usual, historically it's queer people and people of color. Yeah. So I think that's also telling of Taylor's audience now and how we got to where we are now and how her audience is shifting towards a completely different target than it used to be just simply because she was able yes. to like touch on that pain that wasn't experienced by the majority of privileged Americans like yeah and that I've never considered it from that kind of lens before. So thank you for that perspective, Ember. I think you being mm. not in America at the beginning of the pandemic, like, and having that experience of, like, no, things were actually taken care of. Like, mm -hmm. not everything is centered around what was happening in the United States, too. Like, pull out of that mindset. Um, so interesting. Uh, and very important to where we are now that she's on a fucking stadium tour in a room of 70,000 people compared to when we first hold, heard folklore like alone in our houses right and we're gonna end up with the uh, the era's tour variant um, because like I've already seen like five people post on Twitter that they like caught COVID this weekend I'm like I'm, yeah, I'm getting that. like the like the P100 work mask I'm gonna like bejewel it and like have it look nice uh, yeah like, make it a moment make it a piece I'm, that's what I'm thinking too like I'm I wanna have like COVID. fringe coming down like I'm yeah. ready yeah imagine that oh my god Swifties Madison. taking precautions yeah like like um Oh my god, what's his name? Orville Peck. Yeah, very you need to Orville, get, like, Peck an Orville Peck. 
fringe match. I have a vision yeah. for it. Yeah, I kind of want me and Casey to have matching ones and like. Oh my god. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Um. Well, I I I just love that. This, this had me reflecting on so much. Sorry, it's like a very big conversation. I was not expecting to get into. Yeah. No, um, same, same, <laughs> and especially because like I also think that there with her whenever she's more visible which she is right now with tour like we're now going like we're we have to get used to the fact that we are going to be seeing her for at least six hours a week for the next like three months like through lives and just like all this stuff like like that's so much more tailored news and like tailored events than we are used to in the last three years um and as um, all new fans of her, quote unquote new, like that are in the fandom now, standing, this is all three of our first experiences going through this much content with her. Wow. Right. Which is a wild in of itself. Um, but like a side effect that that of her being so present is that, you know, this question from Gaylers um, of like, is she going to come out? Is she going to come out on tour? Is now like an extremely present surface question. And something like a part of that that I've heard is like, as always, like from the queer community, there's always going to be like a mixture of pain and, you know, like relating and like empathy mixed with like a tiny bit of resentment like there's lots and lots of feelings as a queer person being like when is she going to come out is she going to come out ever like she doesn't have to she doesn't owe us anything but then deep down being like but she does owe me (laughs) you know changing constantly um and especially with all of the lesbian flag um colors like that she's really going ham on the lesbian flag stuff um i've seen people be like she can't keep doing this like she can't keep flagging so intensely if she's not just going to come out and and say she's queer and i feel like that point we've talked about a million times and there's no need like you've heard all the complicated things all the conflicting views but talking now about her world building in folklore and you know what her most recent albums have been doing i can't help but see it as having the same effect as a secret literary magazine like as the latter it's like she can't she might not be able to explicitly say that she's gay. Okay. So that means that she's not going to serve queer people in the traditional way that, you know, human rights campaign, glad, um, the way that like liberal gays have really told us like queer people should serve and show up. Instead, I feel like she's just world building and creating art that allows queer people 
to expand our understanding of the world around us. And it's like, that is actually so much more fucking satisfying to me than were she to be less focused on her art and more focused on being an out queer person. I agree. And I think she's Trojan horsing it. Like she's like, all of her discography is inside of this Trojan horse and she's just infiltrating society. Mm. (laughs) Like she's like, I, I have said it before. I think of like picture these like, very deeply closeted compet housewives that listen to Taylor Swift in places like Arizona or Kentucky and they don't even know what they're listening to but it's like subconsciously unlocking a vulnerability that they can't tap into otherwise yes like through this world building it's making people discover themselves whether you're straight not whatever the fuck yeah I think what we're all figuring out right now is just that folklore was so deeply introspective that even if she's not saying she's queer, the like ripple effect of the queerness on a like energetic level is bound to infiltrate people and society because of how big she is as a figure too. And it's like, I'd rather her do that. It's more radical that way because she can do more and it's on her own terms and it's not um, being capitalized off of in the same way. It's, of course, being yeah. capitalized off of because she's fucking Taylor Swift, but not in the same way. And it's not marketed in the same way either of, like, rainbow capitalism, kind of how she approached it during Lover era. I think what she's doing now is very, like, fun, I think. And what we're moving towards as a society and holding queerness as just existing. I think one of the fascinating things that, that I've said about Gaylers and conversations with people, um, whether that be my Hitler friends or um, other Gaylers or just like people that I work with um, is I feel like Gaylers are much more ready to accept that like Taylor Swift is a person um, and not just like this production that we're seeing, like that that there is a person behind all of that, that a lot of it is production, that a lot of it is a company, that it's a brand, that it's a it's a thing. And like she the thing is, is like even even as a three thousand eight hundred follower TikTok, I feel like a pressure to put out like certain things because it's what people expect of me. Like if I suddenly switch to like all witch talk or all Dramini talk again or all like any of these things like that that um that people would suddenly stop following me and she has this multi-billion dollar brand that she is overseeing um and that is responsible for employing people and responsible for like you know she's under contracts and like there's so much going on that she has to like straddle the line and you know I know uh, Madison and I have talked about uh, me being a bit of a glass closet gayler that like everybody just kind of assumes I'm a gayler and knows I'm a gayler. Um, but like, it's not like I make explicitly gayler content. Like when I do my trans readings, it's like, this is my interpretation. Um, yeah, exactly. And I, so I, I'm stuck kind of like straddling this line of like, how do I, you know, my... I posted a video about the the lover house burning down and I have Hitlers and Gaylers arguing in the comments because I'm like, 
like, okay, well, thank you for the views. I'm just going to let you guys argue. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe it's something that I learned a little bit in, in doing church work um, where you do kind of have to like straddle that line of like some level of respectability and like appearing to be impartial, even if you have like your very clear partialities. <laughs> it, it is hard to like, I can't even imagine like, I mean, she has to have a, a, a damn good therapist because like, I can't even imagine like just even apart from being queer, like, or not, or trans or not, like, trying to navigate, like, the pressure of, of, of that situation. I think moving to New York City, while I may still be a communist, um, has made me feel slightly worse for, like, rich people just being so out of touch and, like, that, like, they're kind of stuck in their own bubble. Um, but, like, I, you know, I feel for Taylor. They're, like, she started this as a teenager, not necessarily knowing that, like, someday she would be, like, this literal, like, conglomeration. I mean, yeah, we've talked about that a few times. I think part of being a communist is recognizing that having that much wealth isn't a normal thing and the people that accumulate it don't live normal lives and not The human. only way, yeah, the only way you can uh, get that wealth is by being, like, there's no ethical way to yeah. uh, get and maintain that level of wealth. Um, Especially with that merch store. Especially oh. with that terrible merch store. She, oh. oh my god. It was the trade-off. Yeah, Artistic uh, freedom for the shittiest merch ever. Like right. <laughs> right. They gave her two they gave her one option and that was it. Who does Dua Lipa's merch? Because Dua Lipa's merch is like the best pop star merch ever. Like what oh, brand I is she? I haven't seen it. I haven't even oh my god. Brand is she? No, she's oh. not. Because I remember like looking to see if like they would ever, you know, my dream like collaboration. I mean, I have a few dream collaborations, but like that'd be a fun one. But Dua Lipa oh, and Taylor, one of them. Like, oh my god, imagine I like a Dua, Dua Lipa. Nineteen eighty nine. Well, I was gonna say like oh. a vigilante shit remix. Like, Ooh. my god, I, we're huge Dua Lipa heads in this house. Who is she with? Now I'm so curious. Oh, she's with Warner. Warner um Warner Records which is under are they own yeah they're their own they're with Warner Bros well, you know what I mean I okay this is the other thing okay so I have some more questions for you Ember but I just yeah. quickly have to say I, like I'm so weirded out that she doesn't have her own record label oh it's coming now she's fulfilled all of her albums for UMG I'm pretty sure for her last contract She's, I think she still has some more. Really? I kind of do. I thought and it was four or five or something, and she did, like, Fearless Red, Folklore Evermore. Um, oh, I guess it didn't occur to me that the re-records would, would count. That's why people were like, how she's already almost done with her contract with them. Like, And the last thing, I think, is this tour. She was, like, required for, like, four albums and one tour or something. Right. Oh my god. Okay, so that's really exciting. A lot of me is like, oh, she's pro like if there's something that you're wait like people are waiting for like a coming out, like I've always thought that it just has to be when she is completely free of having any like overhead people controlling her. So like, we can actually like call that. her our favorite indie artist. Exactly. Finally. Yeah. Um okay, but 
So now that I've said that, Ember, okay, so I'm fascinated with the fact that you keep saying you're friends with Hitlers. And okay, because to me, Hitlers are people that like, I specifically use the term Hitlers for people who don't, who like, Hitlers are like derogatory bullies in my yeah. mind. When I say Hitler, exactly. I don't mean a straight Swifty. I mean no. like <laughs> no, 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 exactly. To me, but I know people... you don't mean that. <laughs> oh, okay, great. So this is what I was thinking. So to me, Hitler in my mind is someone who is invested in Taylor Swift's heterosexuality, like someone who actively enforces and like maintains that taylor swift is heterosexual um swifties i think come in all shapes and sizes and i frequently will refer to myself as a swifty just because i'm like well damn i am obsessed with taylor swift like no escape um but like so i think swifties is a more general term so when you say hetler do you mean a heterosexual swifty I mean, I would say that like one of my one of my like best friends is probably someone that like a lot of gaylers on TikToks like despise for um the passion that they show for Joe Alwyn. Um <laughs> um but you know like I feel like there is like a difference between someone who's like ready to just go randomly like fight gaylers on Twitter and on TikTok for fun. Um, than someone who is maybe like less of a gayler than me. Um, and, yeah, you know, I think, I mean, and like even even just like the dichotomy between like, and I know like the there's also like the whole like cupcakes, like the um, hey, I I get on if I see Taylor Nation on like I'm gonna I'm ready to like suck up and be like I'm the best behaved Swifty, like please love me. I got my seven Taylor Nation notices. Like this is this is what being in my glass closet as a gayler gets me is Taylor Nation notices. Um. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Sorry to interrupt again, but okay. I like recently started paying attention to the fact that people keep calling people cupcakes, and now I'm on a mission to reclaim the term cupcake because okay, you have to admit that a femme lesbian gayler. A.K. me should be allowed to be call herself a cupcake, whereas like because I'm so sick of people being like cupcake derogatory, and I'm like, what about cupcake celebratory? <laughs> Where is the cupcake celebratory representation in the gay community? Yeah, where are and it's like because Taylor has made cupcakes. It's true. In multiple senses, she has produced this fandom that will literally bow to her will and buy all the shitty merch in the world. And What if we call them something else, like cookies? No. No. I mean, they're flat and boring like cookies. (laughs) You can be a cupcake, Katie, and we'll just know that it's celebratory. Yes. But I, I'm a cupcake derogatory. Like, you know, I suddenly put on a good behavior. But I'm I'm like, I am I'm cupcake presenting. Like, I the, love the self-awareness. Cupcake though. rising. Cupcake ascendant. Yes. Yeah. So um, true. Because behind the scenes, I am, you know, like 
downloading the leaks and listening to of you know course. the entire album midnight's a full day before it released and <laughs> um of course i'm sorry taylor if you're listening um i, I definitely she's, waited taylor she's um, not it's okay she is she is i know <laughs> that Madison. I, be- I believe I oh, am a firm and believer. being very nice to us. I know. I'm sorry. I Taylor, just Taylor, I'm Taylor. getting gassed up too much. Where I'm like, no, no she's not. Like, but See, that's I'm my gonna... that is like I'm here to like boost your confidence, just like I did, you know, way back when. Yeah, it's true. I appreciate it a lot. I just fear how big my head will get if I <laughs> convince myself that Taylor Swift listens to every episode of The Archers. I mean, she did like the video that you made immediately, like after Ivy. Like that was. It was like when we were first connecting when Taylor Swift liked your video. Yeah. Yeah, the and champagne problems one. Yeah, her talking about TikTok while performing champagne problems was not something that I personally needed. Ah, I didn't realize that she talked about TikTok doing champagne problems. Madison. And she said, she said on night two, I know you guys were mad. I didn't wish Evermore a happy birthday. I don't even wish people happy birthday anymore. And it was... I also posted a TikTok on Evermore's birthday and I tagged her in it. And I was like, this is a war now. I was like, or else, like, you better wish Evermore wow. a happy birthday. Um, I was very angry in that TikTok. Okay, so the thing is, is she, Taylor she, literally, what did you say? No, I was just going to say, see, she's watching you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, that to me says that she was like, I don't know if you've heard of this person named madison but they've spread a lot of rumors about me and i'm here to dispel them i see and that rumor that i'm dispelling is that i hate evermore (laughs) like there's so much that she could dispel that we've said but Mm -hmm. the only thing she's interested in dispelling is that she hates evermore which honestly made me feel better i really thought she didn't like evermore but no, I mean she's made it like a huge part of the tour. Um, not the songs oh, you'd expect either. Like when exactly. when it started with "Kids the Damn exactly. Season," I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, me too. Um, that was where I was like, "Okay, we're just lawless this tour, huh? We're going for it." Yeah. Um, I want to hear Ember kind of, if you can, because I know that this is basically your whole TikTok account, so everyone can go there too to see like trans readings of um taylor swift songs but what are some that stick out to you Mm. maybe more recent ones like dear reader for example that um that get you thinking about like her relationship to gender and how she right i mean regardless of her own personal relationship there's something going on with her and gender the amount that she talks about it yeah, right. you know, like it is to me, it's always like a, a red flag if somebody is talking about gender that well, like, you know, maybe in the good communist sense, maybe of not. Flag. Yeah, like, a, a, <laughs> yeah, a really nice, pretty flag. That... It, is, some, it is, it is, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been in this work too long with too many people of like, I'm just the really good ally that really wants to be involved in all of your trans events for an entire year. And then I'll come out in a few years. Um, but um, no, it actually, you know, you say that it's my entire account, but I feel like it's been since like the Lavender Haze music video since I made one, because um, I'm currently in what I have uh, entitled my my bimbo posting era, um, which is that I'm going to post. Should. I, you I know, love a good bimbo post where you're just like, I don't even care. There's not a theme to this account anymore. 
Right. She, you know, the stuff that she likes, like half the time is like just a person talking at the screen with like posting the lyrics. And I'm like, if if this is what gets if that's the cupcake that succeeds on TikTok, then I I, too, will post brainless, mindless content, readily consumable. My favorite right now is the the POV, my, like I'm calling my POV series, where I literally like actually do it first person point of view, like. Um, I did tolerate it and did it like, you know, I wait by the door and I just stood there waiting by the door. Um. I fucking love that, though. This that, that's very funny. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going meta. Um. But no, my favorite trans readings of recent. Um, so um, Lavender Haze, I think, um, has a really interesting reading as like being about gender euphoria. Um and like, um, you know, for, for maybe those unaware, like gender dysphoria, the whole disconnect, et cetera, et cetera, negativity that um, some trans folks experience around gender. Um, and, but euphoria being the like, oh, this is something like um, that Taylor Swift was some of my gender euphoria of like, oh, I can enjoy this. Like, this is something that is okay for me to like, like I can be a diehard Swifty now. Um, and to me, like, so that was my favorite, like, trans reading that I've done recently was thinking about um, the lavender haze of, like, I don't want to leave this feeling. Like, what what will I have to do to not leave this feeling? And then to have a trans man in the video, like, made it even more. Um, like, but, like, you know, that sense. Yeah, that, like, were you ever expecting that? Like, how did you feel when you found that out? Um, I heard about it, like, at the launch of, like, all the, like, the at, at the launch of Midnight's. But, like, I was still just, like, it's pretty cool, like. Um, mm. and, you know, I used it as a fundraising opportunity, of course, um, on, on Twitter. Um, we're on, we're on day 55 of me tagging Taylor, trying to get her to donate to my gender confirmation surgery fundraiser. And honestly, yeah. I know you're waiting on a TikTok like Ember, but I think her support would go beyond a TikTok like for you. That's true. And I know that that's not something material that anyone can actually see or prove. But truly, I, I I do think that that her helping you in that way would be more of something she would do. I, I imagine, than, you know, even if it's I day 100, imagine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going with the fundraiser. I will. But um, yeah, so I think that like she like, like the sense of like not wanting to leave this good feeling um, like if you remove it from being about like romance or whatever, but like to have it instead be about like yourself and your own life experience. Like once I felt gender euphoria, like once I felt how good I felt on, on hormones, like I was like, this is what I need. Like, I can't do anything else. Like I feel better. Like the euphoria was too addictive that I had to, I had to keep going. Um, once I realized that I could actually feel better. Um, and then dear reader, um, Taylor's um, trans coming out song, <laughs> exactly how i saw it too thank you <laughs> um, i literally my jaw was on the floor i was like oh so she is trans so she's telling us now like I, you know like there's just i, I don't i don't know any other way like i've not I don't know even, any other way from friends that. that like would not remotely think that she's trans i've mm -hmm. not heard any convincing reason for her to call herself a cursed man like, mm -hmm. she is an expert at writing lyrics. Like, there's no way that she couldn't have found something else to rhyme in there that wouldn't have implied, 
like masculinity on her part, that she has all of her friends call her king, that she looked quite comfortable on the man music video set. Um, and like euphoric, if anything. And, and the like everybody loves to post, like, and I know that like Gaylor's also use it as like proof that Taylor hasn't thought about men. But like the whole like, I've never thought about how men walk is the most like I'm closeted and lying straight to your face about like, like I I'm I would have said the same thing and been like, no, I've I've never thought about how women walk differently than men. Like I definitely haven't spent That's entire so nights of my life analyzing it. My partner said the same thing when we watched the man music video because I pointed that part out and I was like, ha ha, see, she said she never thought about the way a man walks before. That's so funny, right? Because she doesn't pay attention to men. And he was like, yes but she sounds like she's being sarcastic like she does in like long pond when she's doing like the bit with jack and she's like i'm that i'm william bowery that i was talking about that man i was talking about like it's the same kind of on the other side of the coin it's like i've never thought about the way men walk before haha <laughs> good point right i mean that's, you know? that's how, yeah i, I would have entirely like um, you know, if I had been like joking with the bros back in college and they were like talking about like, oh, yeah, I love the way the women walk. I've been like, yeah, no, never thought about that before. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy how um, either interpretation is so queer and right. not at all what people <laughs> other people would hear from her right. by saying something like that. But no, like so like and just like gender has been like thinking about gender has been so present through like all of her work, like even, even little baby Taylor, like outside looking in, like it is so like, as, as somebody who A is one year older than her and like B grew up in like conservative Bible belt Midwest. Um, and like in that sort of background, they're like very similar, like the evangelical world that she grew up in, like, that is some that is some queer and trans flagging and like debut is like i feel so out of place i feel really strange i don't feel like everybody else um poor baby taylor and for her to just like name it so specifically and dear reader of like this is how much different i feel from the way you all see me I literally feel like a cursed man and and like that's not at all how people see her they see her as a lucky girl a la Britney Spears you know right right or the lucky one if you will um yeah no like and I like you know I I think about I back in like god gosh ninth grade like wrote a poem for a submission to like my class and my teacher like convinced me to like submit it to a magazine um but it was called my everyday battle with sin, which was like, you know, like my hyper Christianness at the time. And, but it was clearly like what was actually going on is that I spent every day feeling guilty because I knew I was trans. So like yeah. I, I am on the outside feels like I know that something is different about me and I can't tell anybody that. So I'm just going to talk about how I'm an outsider. Um, right. Yeah. There's a reason I'm I'm a debut stand because like I, I think it's one of her queer albums. Like Yeah, she's such a like it's such a pure confusion and innocence to feel like an outsider instead of like knowing why you are one. Like at that point she she had no idea. It was just that feeling of being different that everyone knows. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. 
Yes, I I have I I don't know that I would have previously said I was a transler or a veiler or anything like that. Like I, I definitely like I've been you know I've been a feetler for as long as I've been a Swifty. Like <laughs> she loves those toes too much. So brave um, and so bold. Yeah. Um, you know I've been uh Taylor Swift like. I think you and I, when like we were prepping for my the talk at the congregation, we talked about like neurodivergent lure. Um, and now mm -hmm. that has actually become like a conversation that people are having. Yeah. Um, and because she's not neurotypical, you do not obsess about numbers that much and be neurotypical. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, she like so we got those. And like I've you know been pretty solidly gayler though. Like before midnights, so I went in like a little bit of a funk, and then like I heard. Actually, Vigilante Show was the first song I listened to on the leaks. And I was like, I'm like, no, she's gay. Like, something's up. Like, this is queer. Like, this is just too much. Um, and, um, but I, I, was, I, was, I was hesitant. Like, I didn't want to, like, let my own biases, like, cloud too much to be like, oh, maybe she's, like, trans. Because, like, this is some big struggles with gender that she has going on in her, in her work. Yeah. And, you know, so what if, you know... I, you know, if from if I'm trying to like placate my um, my Joe loving friends, um, uh, then what? What if Joe comes out as a trans woman and Taylor comes out as a trans man? Oh my you God! Know, Joe uh, and Taylor uh, have been T for T this whole time. T for T, we stand. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very different story. Yeah. See, that would be. <laughs> That would send shockwaves through maybe, every community. Maybe they're working through some shit together, you know, like supporting each other and coming out. Maybe. Yeah. Listen, I'm here maybe. for every level of possibility here. We talk all the time about like what the narrative they are presenting, like just a straightforward narrative of people just taking a cursory glance at their relationship. And I feel like T for T makes a lot sense, a lot of sense because one of the only like candid photos we have of Joe that shows any personality is him identifying as a little princess in front of that car and him shaving like, his face with <laughs> with Taylor in a exactly. pink leg. Yeah, exactly, and like calling um, Paul Mescal like his prince, like Prince Charming. So, I mean, I feel like there's just a lot. There is, like, a lot of, like, Joe being feminine and Taylor being masculine that we're, like, seeing in their very straightforward um, PR. Yeah. 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 She, she's got him calling her king, too. Yeah. Um, you know? <laughs> I just love the princess photo after the king allegations as well. Like, it's just, I love the idea of him being a princess and her being the king. And then the Bejeweled music video being, like, her turning down the prince and getting the castle to herself because she is king. Uh, I, it's just, I really support their endeavors. Can't wait There's to see Their T for T relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, hopefully this can start some new dialogue in the, in the Gaylor world. <laughs> yeah. The T for T ability of... of of uh of toe the crazy thing is we've never even written that off like <laughs> i feel like katie and i are always like i don't know i hope that her and joe have their own different relationship than what we like see and think and what anyone sees or thinks really i hope that it's 
Yeah. And and I was thinking about that too when when you were saying earlier, Ember, like your one like very close friend that is it like that loves Joe Alwyn and like loves their relationship and is very like proto. Um it's like the reality is is that that doesn't negate at all any sort of queerness whatsoever. Like, yeah, I think that we all know, like, it's like we want to, it's like straight, I saw this really great TikTok that I wish I could remember who the creator was, um, but they were talking about how, like, in queer discourse, some queer people are really afraid that the straights are listening, and then some queer people aren't thinking about the straights listening. And I think that it is painful for people that are extremely pro-toe and are like, no, they're a couple, they're in love, they're going to get married, they are secretly are married. Taylor might be bi, Taylor might be queer um, in some capacity, but she's absolutely with Joe. It is like really painful because it's like on the surface, we're like, oh no, that makes her a heterosexual woman. And I don't want to think of her that way because there's a million things that she's told us that says differently. But it's like when we peel all of that away and we're just talking like queer people, it's like all of us knows relationships between boys and girls that are queer relationships. And I don't mean like you know, the way that some straight people are like, I am queer because I'm taller than my boyfriend. Like, not even like that. Like, we all know actual queer people invested in queer community that, like, have very complicated relationships with gender and sexuality and, like, happen to look straight to the world. And it's, like, really hard that we all have to fight for our lives around straight people so much. We have to like fight to be validated and seen around straight people. Um, But it's like when we break down that fear of, of ourselves being invalidated and like our labels being invalidated, queerness really is like so intense and varied. And I really think that like the only qualification is that you like are wildly invested in other queer people and like listen and prioritize other queer people, which like Taylor just is doing like the amount of drag and like gender variance and like queer performers, queer artists, queer dancers that she's like hired and employed and surrounded herself for like the, like all of her queer friends. It's like, she is, in queer community almost exclusively. So I just feel like, you know, even though like I have my own personal opinion that is certainly colored by my knowledge of how Hollywood works and how bearding works, um, and is colored by the symbols and the signs that I think Taylor has given us that tells us that they're not in a real relationship. And that, like, you know, I think that that is real. And that's where my 
interpretations lie. It's like, I don't know. Things are just so much more complicated than straight people will let us, let us believe a lot of the time. Right. No, definitely. Like everything is so much more fluid. Like when, when you're talking about it with queer folks, <laughs> you can, you can, you can talk about the subtle nuances and complicated things. And then, you know, but then you go to talk to somebody else and it's just like, oh, this is what I am because this, this is all you're going to understand. So I'm not going to try and make it any more complicated than that. And yeah, that's such a reality. I will say though, as you, you were, you mentioned like Taylor and like all of her queer friends and it, it got me thinking about like the anti-trans laws in um, Tennessee and like that she's performing in Nashville. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Like, here is our real, is Taylor listening to the Archer's Challenge? Is Taylor, we need you to come out in full drag king, full the man outfit for performing the man and challenge the, like the Tennessee police to like arrest you for for being in um, non-gender conforming clothes. That's what we need, Taylor, if you're listening. Um, I mean, yeah, I expect her to say something at the Tennessee show or yeah, at I some point so. along this tour, because, I mean, this goes back to what we were saying earlier too, is like if she had come out in a really um, like obvious direct way that like straight people want her to come out as, would her putting Laith Ashley in the Lavender Haze music video had gone over the way that it did? Or would it have showed, turned it into some like Fox News shit show of like lesbian pop star Taylor Swift is pushing the trans agenda on us? You know what I mean? Like it would have been this like whole fucking drama, but instead it was this very normal occurrence that was just like, oh wow, Taylor put a trans guy in her video. Cool. <laughs> and it was like very normal. So when people are mad about her not speaking up about the anti-trans bills, of course that hurts because who could make a difference. Um, but I think expecting action right away on like social media or something that's very quick like that is um, careless to right. do from for her right now in order to have a day and just like, her own career in itself. Yeah, her coming out as like a drag king, that would be an ideal. I hadn't even considered that possibility. So thank you, Ember, for putting that out there. Taylor, if you're listening, um, that would be fucking incredible because, yeah, that is what the bill is, is that you can't perform as a gender outside of your biological, what I split, um, in one of the most like art flourishing cities in the country, in Nashville, where artists go to be known so Indians that are trans or not gender non-conforming or as Taylor likes to put it in Miss Americana if you're perceived as trans if you look like someone who's trans um so that would be an interesting thing for her to do like theoretically come on stage as the man and be like this is what you are afraid of <laughs> and I'm I'm Taylor Swift on a stage in front of 70,000 people doing it in your state. What what are you going to do about it? Nothing, because I'm Taylor Swift. What's the difference? You know? Right. Right. Can you imagine the, the fear if, if, if Taylor got arrested for, for coming out as the man on, on stage? That would be... Truly iconic. Would never happen, but iconic to think about. Um it would truly never happen, though, because the people in actual threat are not Taylor Swift, obviously. But it's like, I hope she does say something and 
and make that really loud and, and visible on tour because that I feel like that has a bigger impact than her just like reposting a glad informational like right. flyer you know yeah yeah no when I think you know we um, uh, since we were, we were talking about her being such a, a business we still have um <clears throat> Mr. Tolerated himself um still involved in her business decisions um her dad um Mm-hmm. so yeah. like you know we we've we've and literally had her show we, whoever was on the other show us, <laughs> like that that her dad is willing to control her political posting um yeah but maybe she'll just you know fund my surgery as like her way of um Helping the trans community. Well, that's exactly what I mean. Like, her material actions are going to do more than posting something. And I hope that's what people mean when they say, like, Taylor should be doing something. I hope they don't mean just, like, posting a story with a fucking trans flag on it and being, like, protect trans people. Which, like, yeah, that would also be great. But, like, <laughs> some material action is more what someone with her level of fame can do, a la Evelyn Hugo. Um but alas, I'm so grateful that there are people like you in the Swifty community, but in the Gaylor community as well, just in general, that can bridge the crazy like fluidity of the narratives that both sides of the fandom can have. Because I think mm-hmm. as much as I don't agree with people that, <laughs> you know, ship her and Joe, and I think that they are in a PR relationship and all of these things, it's like, there are so many realities when it comes to being a fan of someone this big and not knowing anything about it. And at the end of the day, as long as they're not like hurting people like derogatory Hitler, like it's really, we're all just listening to the same music and of whether they're queer or not, these people hearing the same words and music that we do. So it's just nice to have, to know someone like you that, is close with like Swifties that I would never interact with myself. And you get to hear both sides of the interpretations. And that's just a really cool perspective to have in the fandom, I think. So thank you for, for coming and talking to us and like being honest and being like, yeah, I'm friends with Hitler's like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) what does that, what does that mean? What's the difference? You know? Um, I really appreciate that and your perspective on the pandemic and folklore. I had no idea how much we were going to talk about folklore, but that's, I mean. Right, especially considering it's like technically my my number four, like. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. I can hear Katie's heart shattering. (laughs) Oh, as if, as if I'm not used to folklore being low on everybody's. (laughs) Hey, which is so ironic. Honestly, we all know that's not true. I mean, for most people, it's like, where would you be without Betty? Be real, you know? Speak now is my lowest. And so I risk my life any time that I say that because speak now stands are going to like literally murder me. Yeah. Madison's coming for you. Oh, Madison left. They had to leave. They're so upset they left. It's still in the top of like my, um, it's still like in my top like 20 personal albums. Like I still love every single one of her albums. (laughs) I've just not ever had any moment where Speak Now has been like, wow, this is the one I really love out of all of them. But like, 
because Midnight's, I'm like, I even if I'm still ready to still say Midnight's is my favorite. Evermore debut. So like that is a that is a, a diversity of the top three. Then Folklore comes in right beneath that. Yeah. Um, and then All of the Girls in Need has possibly moved Lover up to like number five. Isn't that incredible that just one or two songs being added to Folklore just completely changes it? Like, we didn't even talk about that on this episode yet, or on the main feed, but, like, those two songs completely... I feel so bad for Lover. That album deserved so much better. I know. We really... I can't wait to get into those songs. I'm kind of waiting on... I'm almost kind of waiting to see if Need is released... Now that all the girls Someone theorized been that she's gonna like release something else this week before, like on Thursday, and I'm like, ah, God. like every weekend before the show, Imagine. she'll release yeah. some stuff. Well, because when yeah. when they when I think it was the Sun, like like had a thing, and everybody disproved it. It was like she's not working on TS10. Like, there's no way she would do that when. Um, when she's in the midst of the re-recordings and like no one believed it. Everyone said the sun is like this horrible source, like don't trust them. I mean, fair, they suck. Um, but they said that she's going to release TS10, she's going to tour and she's going to drop the little snippets. And, like two for three so far and technically three for three with like the little snippet that we got last yeah, week. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm then, yeah. terrified. Yeah. I'm holding my breath. <laughs> No, I need I need like, need so badly. Like that song has changed my life. I my life is on a different trajectory thanks to need. Oh, I know. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it in its full glory. Like its actual exactly. vocals not put through like a weird filter so that it can't <laughs> Cuz all of the girls sounds entirely that. different. So um how do we know that Taylor isn't the leaker? There's the real question. Well, we think that she is. Oh, In yeah. this house, we believe Taylor's the leaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair. We do. Because she was like, Do you guys want it or not? Like, you have to tell me that you yeah. that you like it, and then I'll put it out. And then we're like, We love it, Taylor. We love it. We're like, Yeah, you please, did so please, good. Please. And she's like, Okay, fine. Right. And yeah. she, when she saw that the Gaylers in particular loved it, like, um, exactly. It's like, it's like, I gotta feed yeah. them. I gotta feed them. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, wrapping up, um, Ember, why don't you give us your plugs? Like, where people can find you, where you want to be found. We're definitely going to include a link in our description to your gender confirmation surgery GoFundMe. We've spread it on our Twitter. Um, thanks to our patrons, we were able to donate $450 from the Archers and the Archers listeners so far, but it would be amazing to get non-patrons contributing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was that was huge. That was the, uh, I, can't, I can't say thank you enough for that. Like, that was such a a, a wow moment of like uh, feeling seen um, that first mm-hmm. weekend of, of posting my surgery fundraiser and seeing so many people come out and care so much and seeing you guys. Uh, and yeah, no, uh, so I will that uh, on everywhere. I am Ember K, Ember K 39. Um, 
and uh, that as for better or worse, the same on all of them. That way, like if someone wants to troll me, they can easily troll me. Um, <laughs> no, the other week I had um, uh, some like 45,000 anti-trans account find my like daily tagging of Taylor about surgery and like um, go after me. And like I was dealing Ugh. with transphobes all day. Um, it was the worst. Um, oh. So I am, luckily they did not spill over to any other platforms. Um, and uh, that was shadow banned on TikTok, so I was wondering if it was maybe tied. But um, so mm. at Embrek39 um, on everything, and then I'm trying to think about any other um, big things. You know, I'll make sure to give you guys the link for um, the Dramini fanfic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, for for everyone interested, we'll include that in the uh, in the bio. Know, priorities. Fabulous. Um, you know, writing, I think we uh, should just spam that link to J.K. Rowling and Stephanie Myers. Yeah, uh, just know. throw her in it while we're at it. Just throw her in it. Throw Stephanie in. Someone, someone asked if I could, if I was able to like sell it or something. I'm like, not technically with fan fiction. I said, but you know, like I'd like to see J.K. Rowling sue me. Like, let's do it. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'll, okay. I'll change the names. I'll just slightly. It'll be like, you know. Um, hey, but- it worked for Fifty Shades of Grey. Hey, you know, possibilities. Hey. Yeah. So if you true. if you wanna if you wanna check out my unfinished um, you know, queer trans romance with Draco and Hermione, um, <laughs> there's that possibility for you and subvert your expectations. Um, but yeah, no, uh, that, I think my main yeah, I have I post on Instagram, I post on TikTok, mostly TikTok, a little bit Twitter, but that's mainly just to like get Taylor Nation's attention and to like that, you know, that's my new like post like depressed Network. lyric posting. Um, mm. Well, thank you so, thank much, you so for, much for t- talking to us today. You are such a light on my t- timeline. I get so excited when I see you on my For You page because TikTok is such a dark, scary place. And whenever I see you, I'm like, oh, yes, familiar face. Like, I'm not alone in this giant void of Swift Talk in general and Gaylor TikTok. Um, definitely follow Amber on TikTok, if anything. Yeah. I think that um, Katie has one more thing that she wanted to share today that is just really like it's been impacting Mm -hmm. um global nations everywhere and outside of this earth truly i think all over the solar system it's it's gone interstellar it's gone galactic Ooh, yeah yeah so after recent watching of muppets in space I have come to the conclusion that the only way that we're going to get through this world is if we all stay, stay, stay gay for Tay. Thank you so much for listening. And well, bye, bitch. I mean, this is sick. They're just talking on and on. Harkness, blue, blue blood. This is good for business. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. But I'm just like, it's fucking lavender! <laughs> <laughs>